TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And we do welcome you to a Thursday edition of Two Guys and a Mic on the TalkZone.com. Thank you so much for joining us. It's the coach, Jordan Burnfield. JB sitting in seat number two today. Freezing, freezing cold day here in the fine city of Chicago. Our uh, NBA basketball team shooting about the same degrees as the weather, Jordan Burnfield. I would rather stand out in the cold for three hours in a bikini than watch an entire Bulls game at this point. And they are, is there any team that is less exciting to watch than the Chicago Bulls? Really? I mean, this team is an atrocity, especially with the fact that the team that plays on the freezing cold ice in our wonderful Windy City mm-hmm. is great. They're so fun. I went to the game last night, took in the Hawk, as you would say, because you like to you know make everything singular. I went to watch the Hawk play last night, took on the New York Rangers, first city, second city battle, original six, great game. Hawks don't score a goal till five and a half minutes left in the game, push in a goal past King Henrik Lundqvist mm-hmm. with the Jonathan Taves right in front of the net. They go to overtime, and big Dustin Bufflin barrels down the ice, makes a little forehand, sticks it in, five-hole Hawks win in overtime. Dustin Bufflin. Bufflin, yes. God bless you. By the way, if any uh, grade school teachers are out there listening to the show, and I know we are big in many uh, grammar schools across the United States, Jordan, many of the teachers use our show as kind of a uh, before and after of linguistics. This is how you will sound before, and hopefully as you improve your linguistics, you know, we're like the... The guinea pigs in that. I heard that preschools were huge in preschools. Very big. Yes. Very big. We are apparently very big with the uh, three-year-old to nine-year-old audience, also at uh, assisted living homes. We are. With senior citizens, if you're over 60. Apparently, our show is very big right now. The market we're struggling with is the age eight to 60. That's a a rough one to say. I've heard we're very good with fetuses, though. And embryos, yeah. even pre-birth. Well, I mean, our number one listening audience always has been breastfeeding moms. Yes. So, I mean, these are, you yeah. know, people that put the headphones on yep. the belly. Yeah. That's that's us. Yeah. We're talking to a lot of I, young minds that have yet to even uh, grace the earth. Certainly couldn't think of any better listening audience, listening talk for a young fetus, young developing fetus, maybe in the five to nine month range. <laughs> Then listening to the, thank you very much. Then listening to the talkzone.com. I think it would certainly be, uh, you know, nurture in nature, as they say. Oh, yes. Yeah. But if uh, any of our grade school teachers want to use uh, Bufflin for a spelling test, basically that would be like the ultimate spell test. It includes just about every letter of the alphabet, Dustin Bufflin. Right. It's, it's basically supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. In a shortened and, version. Yes. And Bufflin are around the same thing. <laughs> And they, they basically almost have to circularize his name on the jersey because yeah. there's so many letters. Yeah, but that was a big goal. Blackhawks win. Chicago Bulls lose. And, uh, well, the Bulls you, didn't lose. They no, got waxed. They got waxed as they had the last nine out of ten times, losing not even competitive. If you got an NBA team in a city you're listening in and uh, you do a little bit better than our team, or maybe you think your ball club may be even a little bit worse. 
than our very own Chicago Bulls. Love to hear from you. 888-463-6748. I will say one thing, me, by the way. The thought of you in a bikini. Disgusting. Outside, I think, as bad as the Bulls have been playing, I'd still rather watch D. Rowe and company than you outside in a bikini. I mean, it's that is a really bad thought that yes, I gave you. I mean, it's about Absolutely. as bad as it gets. Absolutely. Although losing by 35. Here, let me say this, though. Maybe the Bulls should just tank it. Try to get to Nets level bad. Oh, wait, they lost to them. Anyway, let's see if they could maybe get really, really bad mm-hmm. and get into the John Wall sweepstakes. Did you see this guy last night against Connecticut in the SEC Big East Invitational, whatever mm-hmm. it is, we're copying the Big Ten ACC showdown thing? Mm-hmm. John Wall last night, what was it, 26 points he had last night or 25 points in Kentucky's four-point win over UConn? This guy, I've not watched two Kentucky games. I didn't get to see much of last night because I was at the United Center for the Hawk game. This guy is so exciting. He is so incredibly good, John Wall. It, I have not watched a player in the last few years that has the excitement and the wow factor of this guy, the point guard for the Kentucky Wildcats. Mm-hmm. He is something. He is fantastic. By the way, a year ago today, and I haven't seen Kentucky play yet. I did want to tape the game against Connecticut last night. I wanted to watch their game against Carolina. It just did not happen. One of the reasons I wanted to watch is to watch uh, Kentucky under John Calipari and the guy you just mentioned, John Wall, a year ago. A year ago today, he was playing high school ball. Yeah. He is a true freshman, folks, 18 years old, 19. Maybe he's a true freshman, 23 years old. He might have been in high school for eight years. But uh, <laughs> and he came in touted as the number one prospect in the country again a year ago. He's playing high school ball. One year later, he's probably top ten player in the nation at the collegiate level. He, Yeah, he's outstanding. I mean, I think that one of the interesting things was that I had done some research to do a Kentucky basketball preview um, maybe three months ago, and I remember a lot of the hype was about DeMarcus Cousins, their other big-time yep. freshman who is the forward for this Kentucky team. Youngster and, from Alabama. Right, and there was less written about Wall than mm-hmm. there was about Cousins. And so I thought, oh, well, you know, Cousins is going to be the great player, and Wall was still very highly rated, you know, mm-hmm. still top five or six or whatever it was in the ESPN, U rankings, whatever this stuff is. But it seemed that Cousins might be the better guy. Now, Cousins has started out the season very well, mm-hmm. but John Wall is so outrageously good. It's it's really it's scary how good he is because when you think that Kentucky is number four in the country, they're 9-0. and They've now beaten North Carolina and UConn with a team that's very much comprised of freshmen. You know, the only thing you worry about is well, does the experience get to them, but people that make that argument to me in college basketball in recent years, and you love college basketball, Coach, and you've seen this happen, is that... I don't think the experience really matters anymore in college basketball. I'm not saying that a senior-laden team can't be really good in the tournament, like a Tyler Hansbrough-led team mm-hmm. last year for Carolina, which won the title. But we've seen in recent years that a great freshman or a great couple of freshmen can lead you deep into the NCAA tournament. Well, and I don't want to get too hasty right now because it's only nine games in. You say but pasty or hasty? Hasty, but right. I am pasty. You're plenty pasty already. Plenty pasty. Which is why the thought of the bikini was not good. Yes, Go ahead. Very, very bad. But what I what I will say though is that this Kentucky team seems to be a team that if they continue to play like this mm-hmm. is going to be very hard to beat in mm-hmm. the NCAA tournament. Let us not forget their veteran star Patrick Patterson who leads the team too. He's a returning second team all American. I think where you are a little bit Incorrect, and again, this is kind of, it's the new regime now with all the club teams, travel teams, AAU teams, and 
you know, when we used to say travel teams in a particular area, you would travel, you know, 15 minutes, a half an hour. Right. Maybe once a year you'd make a overnight stay. Now, travel teams at the high level in, in high school, 14, 15, 16, 17, I mean, they're traveling across the United States. Yeah. High school kids. In some cases, international. So when you say, and you're exactly right, Kentucky's inexperienced, and you say inexperience is overrated, well, it's really not. We just have to change our thinking. And basically, a lot of the high-level freshmen that are coming in, well, they may be inexperienced because they're freshmen, but they're not inexperienced to big-time basketball. They've been doing right. it for three, four years. That's that's a great point. I think you're right. I think that that's, that's something that has really changed over the past few years. And with players leaving early, and the amount of players that are lost in college basketball every year to the NBA mm-hmm. or playing overseas or what have you, the level of play has come down a little bit. And so freshmen can make a much greater impact than they ever could in the past because now those LeBron James and the Kobe Bryants and the Tracy McGrady's of the world, you know, now they have the rule where you have to come for, to college for one year. Mm-hmm. But those guys never went to school. They never yeah. went to college. So you're Brandon a, Jennings should right. be a sophomore in college. Exactly. Right some of these guys who should be yeah. some of the best college basketball players basketball players in the country, mm-hmm. they're not playing college basketball. Michael so, Beasley might be a senior at Kansas State. How scary would that be? Derrick Rose would be a junior at, at, at uh, Memphis. Right. How, how scary good would Derrick Rose be on the college level right now? Yeah. Or Michael Beasley. I mean, Michael Beasley was outrageous his freshman year. Wasn't he mm-hmm. the leading scorer in, in NCAA basketball his, his freshman year? I mean, think about that. Oh, how good the college basketball product, not that I, personally, I love college basketball. I don't think the product really needs much help. But I'm saying, think about how good the product would be in terms of a talent level mm-hmm. if some of these guys had stayed in school a couple more years. Yeah. Oh, wow. What eight, 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 four, six, three, sixty-seven, forty-eight. talking some hot hoops at a freezing cold Chicago day. If you're listening in a climate slightly warmer than us, so we are extremely jealous right now, but we have to complain a little bit. Three degrees with a wind chill of uh, negative a thousand, negative something. It's definitely in the dash something. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Our phone number. Talk it's of college basketball, NBA hoops. You can email us too here at thetalkzone.com. It's Mike Two Guys at aol.com. No huge games yesterday, but uh, some big games coming up tonight and. Right now, number one ranked team is still Kansas. Yes. They played Radford last night, didn't they? I'm sure they crushed them. Mm-hmm. I didn't see that game. I didn't see the score. I'm sure they beat them because I mean, we would have heard about it if they didn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but tonight, that uh, SEC uh, Big East Invitational, whatever it is, continues, and Syracuse is taking on Florida, Florida. Yep. in a really good matchup. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, I know I, I'm a little biased because I went to Syracuse and I, I root for them to win, but number eight team in the country – Florida, I think, now is at number 15 because they've had some impressive victories early in the season. They beat mm-hmm. Michigan State earlier in the year. And the way that Syracuse has played, they've been crushing everybody. And they crushed Carolina. They crushed California. Other than that blip on the radar, which it seems now that lost to LeMoyne in the exhibition season, they have been mm-hmm. unbelievable. And Florida, Billy Donovan is just a machine. I mean, that team always, whether they're rated highly at the beginning or not, they're always a competitive, good basketball team. Mm-hmm. So he's had to reload a little bit after the Joakim Noah era teams and the you know the 
Corey Brewers and all that, you know, all those guys from the championship teams a few years ago, they're seeming to come back. That looks like they have a really good team this year. That should be a great game tonight. It's a battle between uh, one coach with extremely good hair and another coach who was uh, hair challenged. Yes. Bollockly challenged. Jimmy Bayheim takes on Billy Donovan. And, uh, you know, coaches with good hair are starting to dominate at the collegiate level. John Calipari. Would you say though? Awfully good. I would say though that Billy Donovan. Well, I would say though that Billy Donovan has a little bit of the Eddie Munster, Widow's Peak hair. A little bit. More than a little bit. A lot of bit. A little bit of shiny forehead working for a Billy Donovan. But I I mean, the the Widow's Peak is is awkward. I mean, it comes down. It's like this big triangle in the middle of his forehead. That thing's so sharp you could clip your hangnails with that thing. You could. I mean, it's scary. He's got a weapon on his head. I mean, it really is. Yeah. If he, he headbutts somebody, it could be stitches for the opposing person. You know what he is, Billy Donovan, in terms of hairstyle? Mm-hmm. He's a young Pat Riley. Give that thing 10 years to get streaks of gray, and he's going to be Pat Riley. It's a good call. Pat Riley was uh, first-team all-hair, strong widow's peak back in his day, but uh, that should be a good matchup. Good matchup to watch. Syracuse, the Oars, playing that great 2-3 zone defense. Fun to watch. Sometimes and, uh, great 2-3 yeah, zone. So what is this? The, it's the uh, the Big 12, no, the Big East. Big East SEC, SEC Champs. So Invitational. Oh, Invitational. Not, not a challenge. Right. It's not. They're not challenging each other. Yeah. They're inviting each other to play That's against each other. That's a stupid name. A I challenge know. is much better. Well, it's like the ACC and, the, and Big Ten were like, hey, guys, uh, you want to copy us, do the exact same thing, just mm-hmm. call it something else? Because if you call it a challenge, it would be too egregious of a copy. Mm-hmm. So call yourselves the Invitational. What does egregious mean? It means, you know, an extraordinary, you know, example, I guess. Uh, one of our rules here on the talk zone. I thought we were trying to teach linguistics. Never use no. We're the before of the before and after. See, oh, you right. throw out a few egregiouses, and all of a sudden, people will think that we're actually an educational show. And that's we're, the last we're, thing we're not educating that. anybody. Huh? I, I don't know who we're kidding, but we're not educating anybody. I would certainly hope. Maybe not. The, the fetus listeners, though, we could be we could be teaching them a few things. Developing fetuses, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Our, our no. fetus audience is very impressionable. <laughs> By the way, as we uh, head into our first break, we mentioned how cold it is outside. Yeah. I don't know if they want us to lose water weight here or what, but the uh, the studio here feels like a steamer. It's good though. I'd rather have it this way. It, it feels. Are you uncomfortable? Good. I'm I'm heading to the suffocation point. As cold as it is outside, <laughs> I appreciate the heat, but I do think somebody possibly is trying to uh, get rid of us in the near future. They they could be, but here's the thing. If I feel you're... like wearing a towel. If you're too hot in here, though, yes. you will feel that much better when you go outside because at least for the first, like, three nanoseconds, you uh-huh. won't feel cold. Then after that period, right. you'll feel cold again. I but will... because we're being, you know, heated out in here, at least right. for the first second, the first step <laughs> outside, you won't feel cold. Somewhere in between the negative 15 wind chill outside and the 95-degree steam room that we're in right now, there's got to be a happy medium somewhere. They want us to feel like we're at the beach, Coach. Okay. To watch me in the bikini in the freezing cold. The beads of sweat on your forehead are certainly attractive, JB. We're going to take a quick (laughs) break. David Olson, my bodyguard, our producer today. Great to see David doing his usual tremendous job. we got uh, the commander-in-chief, our general manager, Chris Whitting, who tries to avoid us at all costs, Jordan. Which I would say is a good idea on his part. Certainly can't blame him. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back in about 42 seconds. Don't you go anywhere.
lines are open for your calls on Two Guys and a Mic. Call 888-GO-FOR-IT. Once again, here's the coach, John Cone. I was fast asleep, Jordan Burnfield, but apparently you watched the uh, Lakers and Utah Jazz, two of the better teams in the NBA. Real quick before you give us the final of that one, and again, that was way past my particular bedtime, but I do quickly want to remind our listeners two things. One, tomorrow we've got Football Friday. Yeah. Football predictions will play Beat the Schmoes, some great NFL games, some really interesting matchups this weekend. We'll talk about that coming up and also uh, today. Following this one-hour extravaganza, we will have another show. We will. Not two guys in a mic, but we do a show specifically dedicated to youth sports. But there are two guys, and there is a mic. Actually, there are two mics. Different show. Both of us take on different personalities. We morph in the three minutes that we have the transfer shows. But it's a show, folks, dedicated strictly to youth sports. If you got kids that are playing... If you played yourself, maybe your kids have graduated on, but they, you know, it's in recent memory. Anything to do with the youth sports, the funny stories, sad stories, dramatic stories, anything in between, uh, controversial subjects, advice, questions, etc. We will deal with it coming up uh, Thursdays only at 11 o'clock. So stick around for that. The youth sports fan forum. We hope you can join us. Lakers and Jazz were tied at the end of the third quarter. Great ball game. It was yeah, it was a very close game. I I don't remember exactly if they were t- if they were tied or whether it was a two point game, but it was back and forth the whole game. Lakers got a twenty eight to six run in the fourth quarter, twenty eight points for the wow. Lakers, six for the Jazz in the twelve minute period that not, is known as the fourth quarter. Not the Bulls, but the Jazz. The Jazz. The Bulls try to score six points a quarter and see if they can win a game by scoring twenty four. Vinny thinks that. Well, that would be a good idea, but the rest of the league has said, you know, that you probably have to score a few more than 24 to mm-hmm. win an NBA basketball game. That's probably why the Bulls continue to wow. get beaten by 35 points every night. But, I, you know, I, I the, the final score escapes me on this game, but the Lakers, boy, were they good last night. I mean, in that fourth quarter, and, and I didn't see it live. I saw highlight shows and whatever, and they, bro- they broke it down for us. But the passing, the spacing on the floor, the ball movement, the mm-hmm. shooting, the... You know, the good high percentage shots underneath. When you look at that and you see what that is, and you see the well-oiled machine that the Lakers are, and their defensive intensity, and just both sides of the floor, the tenacity that they play with, versus the half-asleep joke of a team that's the Bulls. You know, I was actually thinking about this, Coach, and you tell me if you agree with this. I was thinking about this this morning when I woke up. Whenever... People criticize, you know, we're in front of microphones and talking about sports or any of the media that talks about sports. Oftentimes when we criticize teams in other sports, you know, we'll, we'll talk about, you know, things that they lack, things that they're deficient in, things that they don't do well, things that the team needs. But not often in other sports do we talk about effort. And in the NBA, a lot of times when you talk about a team that is not performing, effort is one of the main criteria in which we evaluate a team. And so what I wonder is why it is that NBA basketball players can get paid such an incredible sum of money. I mean, you think about the fact that there's very few players on a team and how much money a franchise makes, and the fact that a lot of these players are making 10, 12, 14, 15, 20 million dollars a year. And by average, I would guess that an NBA player makes more money than any other player in any sport. Why we're always having to question why these guys don't put forth a maximum effort every night. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't care what the Bulls say. And, and you have even heard Vinny Del Negro admit to this. 
that the Bulls don't have defensive intensity, defensive effort that they need, effort in just in general on some of these nights. Why the hell can't we expect for the Chicago Bulls or for any NBA team or for any team in sports not to be giving their full maximum effort every night? Why is it that we continue to have people admit that they don't play that hard? I mean, what's going on here? Listen, if you're going to lose by 35 points, but you're going to give maximum effort, then it feels less difficult. You know, it doesn't feel as bad when you lose. Trust me, I've watched college games, men's, women's games that I've called, games that I've just watched as a fan, where my team or a team gets crushed, but they are trying their hardest. They're just not good enough to win. The Bulls should not lose NBA games by 35 points. Mm -hmm. No NBA team should be losing a game by 35. And I don't understand why these guys can't go out there and play like they're like they're earning their contracts for and, once. And the key definition that you said, the key word is maximum. Because I think the players often will go out and give effort, but... Give an effort, you know, just not their best effort. Yeah, maximum effort can almost be uh, you know, a little bit of a, a cliche, if you will. Yeah. But what maximum effort really means, if you take it down to its most base level, and I would argue with you, I don't think it's just basketball. It applies just as much to, to football, hockey, baseball is a little less physical. But, but maximum I effort. What, what I here's the definition that I, and it's hard to achieve: a sustained level of defensive intensity. Yeah, but I, but I'm saying, and I, I agree, you're right? I think that sometimes guys get don't give max effort in other sports. But what I was saying is, I don't think we hear about that. You know what I mean? When like when the Cubs are struggling, is it that they're not trying? That's not usually what we're hearing. We're hearing mm -hmm. they don't have the pitching or they don't have the hitters. Occasionally you'll hear guys rip on Aramis Ramirez for loafing to first base in a pop up. But to me, that's not him being a, a, a lazy player. That's just there was a pop up in the infield. And he's not sprinting it out. Most guys don't because they know it's going to be caught. Mm -hmm. I mean that that to me isn't like a total lack of effort as much as it is he knows it's a foregone conclusion he's going to be out. But in the NBA, it seems like often the criticism of these teams is that they don't give effort. And you're right, defensive intensity. It's a two-way game, folks. Mm -hmm. Why aren't we playing defense? Right? I mean, in college basketball, you're a coach, okay? If your team is just dogging it on the defensive end, mm -hmm. that's a reflection on you, is it not? It, it is, indeed, and it's a reflection on the players. But, again, I think the key is maximum effort, and, again, to, to move out of the cliché. Right and bring it into reality at the basketball level. What it takes is a sustained level of defensive intensity. I think when I coach, I've used, and I copied this from some coach, and I can't remember who. So I'd love to footnote it and give it its proper accolade, but I can't. But the uh, the heart monitor in the hospital. The EKG. Okay, the EKG, if you will. Yeah. And if you look at the EKG on offense, in offense, it could, you know, beep, 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 beep. And right. then down, 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 beep, 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 up and down. There are times when you could rest. In fact, running around like a chicken with your head cut off on offense is not productive. Right. You need to pick and choose and change your pace and speeds. On defense, on defense, if you're looking at the television monitor on the EKG at the hospital bed, it needs to be, that line needs to be on the top of the screen from the left-hand side all the way across to the right-hand side with no dips. That's what it takes it is not easy, but that's what it takes to play great defense, a sustained level of defensive intensity. No letdowns. Few teams can do it. The Lakers, as gifted as they are offensively, surprisingly good defensively. Right. The thing is, obviously in basketball, by the nature of the sport, there are going to be plenty of 
possess not plenty maybe but a good a few possessions here or there in the game where you just don't have the same intensity level a team makes a great pass they mm-hmm. make a great backdoor cut there's a good double screen there's something where you just can't defend it and they score listen basketball teams are scoring around 100 points every game there there are going to be plenty of plays in a game within the course of a game where a team gets an easy bucket but to me the defensive intensity level from every NBA team, there is no excuse why it's not there on most plays. I mean, you remember the Bulls of four or five years ago under Scott Skiles when they really didn't have a very talented group. Yep. But they had a great defensive intensity on every play. And they were top in the league in field goal percentage defense. That was in the first year under Scott Skiles. Right, before the, t- the players tuned him out and it after, became the after, Jim Boyland era. Yeah. <laughs> after year three of hearing the same message, the... Defensive intensity, that monitor wasn't quite at the top right. of the screen. They, they, the defensive intensity was... Yeah, but beep, you're right. You're... Beep! Clear! Beep! Yeah, that's what it was by the end. <laughs> right, but I mean, you, but but you're right. I mean, that's it's why isn't it the case mm-hmm. that every NBA team plays defense? You're getting paid $10 million freaking dollars a year to play basketball for your job. You have maybe two to three games a week. The least you could do. Is go out there and play like you give a damn on both ends of the floor. Am I am I am I wrong? I mean, when I'm sitting there watching the Bulls last and, night between periods, I'm sitting there going, "How is it possible that I'm paying all this money for tickets mm-hmm. to go watch these bunch of jamokes well, go I'm out not, there and not try?" I'm not going to go that far. I, I still root for the Bulls, and I still think they have some enjoyable level. But you're talking the NBA in particular. You're throwing your vent right now at the Chicago Bulls, but teams go out there. And they they play defense at times, but then there's lockdowns, and I guess, and I I don't know, you hear, you know, 82 games, it's a long season, it's hard to be up all the time, it's tiring for the players. You ever seen an NBA game? Yeah. There's there's timeouts. Yeah. There's the foul line, you know, they're shooting free throws all the the, time. The last three minutes of an NBA game take two hours. Yeah. About you, but when me and uh, my bodyguard David Olson and Mark Carmen Jordan, I haven't seen you play. When we go to the gym and play, and I don't do it too much anymore, but back in the day, we'd play an hour and a half or two hours. No subs. We don't shoot no stinking free throws. Right. There's no TV timeouts. We finish a game. We get a drink of water. We you know hash and you go out there and do it again. And we're back out playing. Yeah. Now, and I understand the recreational game is not as physical as the NBA game, but these guys are getting timeouts every four minutes. There's the free throw. How tiring can it be? I agree. I, you know what? I, it's a good point because one of my best friends and I, you know, I'm not a very good basketball player, but I would go just to mm-hmm. support him. And we would go to the gym in college at the the intramural gym, and there was probably three or four courts, and there were games going on all the time. And, you know, you'd find your team, you do whatever. Yeah. And if you won, you kept playing. And I remember we once played five games in a row, and I was at the gym for probably mm-hmm. three hours. And I was tired as you know what. But I had played five basketball yeah. games, no subs, back and forth, up and down the court. And again, yeah. like you said. No referees blowing the whistle. Right. Call your own foul. That's the best way to right. play. No free throws. Yeah. And listen, obviously, it's not, we're not, I mean, I'm not posting up on Carlos Boozer. But the point of the matter is, is that, <laughs> I, I mean, I could go, and I'm not in good shape. I could mm-hmm. go for two hours. I mean, and, and it's like, and I'm not getting paid $15 million because I can hit 35% from three-point range. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is just, well, listen, yeah, I, I, I watch hockey, and, and I never notice 
a total lack of effort in hockey players. These guys are crushing each other into the boards. These guys are knocking each other over with sticks and flinging pucks at each other, and they don't ever do anything that's, you know, that they don't ever look like they're dogging it. Apparently Jordan did not see the Dirk Graham or Craig Mullican era for the Chicago Blackhawks. Okay, I mean, maybe they were guys. <laughs> listen, I, I, that's a very physical game, and I never see them dogging it. Why are these NBA players dogging it? Who was, it? Uh, oh, how about Orville Tessier? The Orville Tessier era. That I, don't, was a, I, uh, I don't remember his era. Well, but the Orville, consider yourself quite lucky. The Orville Redenbacher era is my favorite, personally. <laughs> 888-463-6748. A couple of over-the-hill sports wannabes complaining about the NBA superstars and the lack of effort. I almost feel almost feel ashamed for doing so. 888-463-6748. Your thoughts here. Two guys and a mic. You can email us to it. Mike, two guys. That's M-I-C, number two, Mike, two Guys at AOL.com. We do sound like a couple of grandmas sitting around complaining. You know, you know? No, but, but, it's a, but it's a legitimate gripe. It is, because if you, as a consumer, as a fan, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Bulls fan, okay? Mm-hmm. And if they're going to lose, if they're going to be bad, fine, okay? You're going to be bad, fine. If you want to get in the running next year for free agents, okay, everybody's doing that. But to not try is an insult to me as a fan. Mm-hmm. To not give the maximum effort on the defensive end of the floor is an insult to me as a fan. As somebody who takes the time to watch them play, to support mm-hmm. them, to go to games. I'm going to the game tomorrow night against Golden State. With the way that Golden State plays, the Bulls could give up 250 points. I mean, that's a team that runs up and down the floor with no discipline. You know, I'm moving to the offensive end, and it's been true, very similar to my rant on our Chicago Bears and the lack of vertical passing game for the last one, two, three, oh, say, 18 years. Right. Very similar to that rant, the Chicago Bulls, uh, absolutely, when I watch them, when they play their best, and I'll break it down to the third grade level, they pass the basketball. Yeah. The ball moves, they reverse the ball, and then they play pretty good offense, and, but wait, much more often than not. They're not moving the basketball. It's one or two passes. I know the Bulls aren't the only team that does it. It's part of the NBA. But, you know, slow it down. One guy takes a 15-foot jumper. Maybe you force a drive to the hoop. Pass to the open man. Move the ball. That's when the Bulls are best. Very simplistic. But I'm telling you from watching, that is when they're most successful. They have two plays, Coach. The Bulls have two offensive plays. Drive and kick Mm -hmm. and pick and pop. That's it. They don't do anything. Anything else? No ball movement, no player movement. Ever. Yeah. Ever. I mean, I'm not, I don't think that I'm overstating this. Ever. I sat last night mm-hmm. during the intermission of the Hawks game, the first or second period. I was watching the Bulls get waxed by Atlanta and watch the lead grow from 28 to 30 to 32 to 34. Chicago Bull Jamal Crawford, 29 points. Yeah, he had a good game. I mean, you know, he can fill it up against yes, a team that plays no defense. He's definitely going to fill it up. But the thing is, is that I'm watching this game and on multiple possessions, you know, John Salmon's. Top of the key, drives to the free throw line, kicks it out, three-pointer by Dang, miss, ball goes the other way. Next play, they they set a pick, Aaron Gray sets a pick at the top of the key, and Rose comes off of it and pops an 18-foot jumper. Mm-hmm. Miss, back the other way. I mean, this is, like, what do you practice, right? I mean, like, what are you practicing? Is this what they do at the Birdo every day? Is they, they spend three hours a day working on Aaron Gray picking at the top of the key so that Derek Rose can take 19-foot jumpers? Like, is that what these guys are getting paid to do? Can we <laughs> I, get a little imagination here? I'd like to see a stand. I know, boy, statistics have become so scientific, and there's almost a stat for everything. But do you think there's a stat that, Takes average number of passes per possession. 
And uh, I would like I, to I see in a game when one team averages, um, let's say, 3.8 passes and the other team 2.6, what percent of the time? Maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe I'm completely wrong. But even at the NBA level, at the highest level of the game, I'm going to bet that any team that has .5 or more average passes than the other team is winning 70% of the time. You know, you're probably I'd right. I'd love to know if that stat is out. Because here's the thing, and I think that you're pointing to something that's interesting, because when I watch college basketball, when yep. we watch college basketball, mm-hmm. oftentimes, and, and almost every play, in fact, you will see a point guard at the top of the key, watch the, the guards swing the ball around the perimeter, and look for something inside. Mm-hmm. You'll have forwards that are on the block and moving so that you can find somebody in the lane which will then move another guy you know, into a position to take a shot or get a higher percentage shot. They're working the ball around the perimeter. In the NBA, it's all stars. It's all individuals. You know, you got LeBron James all alone, ISO, top of the key. He's going to take it in and score and not pass. And I think the other four guys that are read and react. Yeah. Shaq, I call it read, react, and snooze. Shaq is sitting in a lounge chair with the newspaper yeah. and an apple while this whole thing is going on. Yeah. Not on the bench, on the court. On the court, yes. yes. So to me, it's the passing thing is, is a reflection of the fact yeah. that the NBA is an individual game. It's about stars. Mm-hmm. The Bulls don't have any, which is a problem for them. Yep. But the, in the college game, even the best stars don't have quite the impact usually as a star in the NBA, so they're working the ball around. There is good ball movement. There is a lot of passing, and consequently, it's a better game. The mm-hmm. NBA game is, I'm going to dribble, 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 and take it three. And I know the 24-second clock is a factor in that. So I understand that it's it a is. factor, but it shouldn't be as big a factor as it is. Pass the ball, folks. Yes. That's our message out there to the NBA. Share the with your friends. Thank Remember you our much. fetus audience? Yeah. This is one of the life lessons like for our fetuses. Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. Yes. Mr. Rogers needs to come talk to the Bulls. Next time I come in, I'm going to wear a red sweater. <laughs> you had a nice, very nice scarf today, by the way. Oh, thank you. It's my UIC flame yeah. scarf. I came in with my you know beat-up athletic jacket. You're coming in with a sweater. The nice scarf around you, you looked a little bit too much out of your local winter catalog that I care to be comfortable That's with. That's what I'm going for. I'm going for the yeah. catalog. Though. All right. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to take a quick, quick break. David Olson, our producer, is the TalkZone.com. We're basketball heavy. When we come back and we're going to uh, jump out of the basketball court onto the football field, we might even get off the sports page. It's JB and the coach. Two guys in a mic here on the TalkZone.com.
back on the TalkZone.com final segment, 57 minutes of sports talk. It goes awfully quick, Jordan. Burnfield, a lot quicker than the Bulls move the ball on offense. Uh, real quick, before we get to a little football preview, I meant to bring this up last week, but I don't know if you're a music guy at all. I know you're a sports freak. Hopefully you listen to a little music, too, but the Grammy nominations came out last week, and uh, Beyonce still... Rolling them in, I think she had like eight or ten nominations. Yeah, she got a lot. I'm a big music guy. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm. You are. I, I mean, I do like music a lot. I, I listen to a lot of different bands, but I mm-hmm. like the bands I like. And so I'm not always in on like the most popular. Like mm-hmm. I'm not a Beyonce. I mean, I don't have anything. I think Beyonce is beautiful, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm not uh, really a fan of her music. Ten. She got our ten nominations. Our uh, intern uh, Milan. Our intern Milan, our Serbian intern, says Beyonce actually had ten. Wow! We're trying to get more interns well, thank you, for the Milan, show, by the because way. I, I appreciate that. Yeah, if you'd like to be an intern on our show, email us at mike two guys at aol dot com. We're always looking for an intern. My turn, your there's, turn. There's there's a very uh, tough requirement to be an intern for Not the really. show, and it's that you have to have a beating pulse. Uh, That's all we're looking for. And working for free. Yeah, and you can work for free. Mm-hmm. If I mean, if you're dead. We, we kind of don't want dead ones. We, we would prefer living creatures. What? You don't even have to be human. If you're a good dog, Beep. yeah. Beep. Beep. <laughs> if it's a nice yeah. dog, a nice cute dog, we would we would be happy to have you be mm-hmm. our intern as no long pay. as you're breathing. No pay. Well, we will take you out to uh, Cappy's in Morton Grove once a week for lunch. That's that sounds good. It's an outstanding place with uh, really really good homemade matzo ball soup. By the way, that that sounds delicious. Thank you very actually. much. Beyonce with ta- Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, a young absolute sensation, pulling out eight nominations. She's a really beautiful good. girl, too. Beautiful girl. You know what? Her music. I don't know if you're into that. I'm not country huge is, into that. Outstanding music. She is, she is actually a guest singer on the new John Mayer album. Okay. On one of the new tracks. Um, mm-hmm. I forget. Well, she's so famous now. Even on the John Mayer album, John Mayer is the guest to Taylor Swift. Well, I don't know about that. He's pretty darn popular himself. I mean, he's done really mm-hmm. well for himself in terms of celebrity and, you know, a bunch of Grammys for him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a, bit, a pretty big star. But the two of them on a song, to, I think it's called Half of My Heart, the okay. two of them together, pretty good. I have to check that out. Yeah. Uh, the Black Eyed Peas, with their big hit song, I Got a Feeling, may uh, have a chance to sweep a few awards at the Grammys. The Black Eyed Peas were kind of big for a while. Fell off the stage for a while, but uh, then they're back extremely popular, really based on that one hit song. I think the album is called I Got a Feeling, correct? Yeah, I mean, uh, the Black Eyed Peas are really like the new-aged uh, arena sensation rock group. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about the members of the group and how individually popular they are. I mean, Will I Am is huge, mm-hmm. and and Fergie. Will I Am? I'm right, but I'm saying, you know, Fergie and Will I Am by themselves <laughs> yeah. are extremely popular musicians, and well, the two of them are yeah, in. They yeah. are. I thought they tried to be really popular. No, they're they're both pretty Fer- popular. They are because I thought they didn't work out too well, and that's why. Hey, you know what? Maybe we better get back together again as the Black Eyed Peas. Oh well, no, I mean they they came back together. I mean that that could be that they they weren't as popular as they wanted to be. Mm-hmm. But Will I Am is performing for Barack Obama at his inauguration. Mm-hmm. I mean Fergie with all. These big concerts. I, mean, I think Will I Am needs to popular. perform at the United Nations. Yes, because the United Nations has become—it's uh, it, fading. You know, I hate to see a great organization, a great idea like that, and they—but you could tell that it's losing its power, it's losing its stature. I think maybe a Taylor Swift, better yet, a Will I Am. 
at the next United Nations gathering might spruce things up a little bit. Well, for those of you who might be a little slow, of course, Will I Am, his name is William, but he goes by Will I Am as his little <laughs> rap name. I was always wondering if there was going to be a guy named Willis who was Will I Is. <laughs> I mean, that would have been a great rap name, right? And then the two of them could do an album together. Yeah, I mean, Will I Is and Will I Am. The linguistic one and the less linguistic one. Uh, like David Terrell fun. when he used to, uh, when he was on the Bears, was it eight years ago? Uh-huh. And, uh, the Bears had gone to five and one. This is that freak year. I think, I think it was either the 13 to three year or whatever. And, uh, they said, you know, the reporters go into the locker room. I'll never forget this. And they, you know, they all huddle around David Terrell and they say, David, you know, you guys are five and one. Your thoughts? He goes, man, we is the bears. We is five and one. And so every, every time after that, I'm like, you know what? We need somebody that uses is incorrectly. We need a will I is. All right. We'll put that up for nomination. What other unnamed mention? I'm not really familiar with her. I've seen her name mentioned, maybe a picture or two. She seems to be kind of. Like the modern-day version of Madonna, but uh, help me out. Who and or what is the entity that is Lady Gaga? I don't, you know what? I don't know anything about Lady Gaga, and okay. I don't like her because of her name. I don't really so care what, her, what, her, what she You don't performs. know anything about her, but you don't like her. I don't like her. Name, I mean, Lady Gaga. What the hell is that? <laughs> I mean, that's worse than Will I is. <laughs> I mean, come on. Lady Gaga? I mean, would, you, would you be, I guess, you know, unashamed to go up to somebody and say, Hey, did you get that new Lady Gaga album? I heard it's really good. I just would be yeah, embarrassed to yeah. say that I listened to Lady Gaga. Even if the music is good, the name is somewhat bothersome, but the fact that she's made it in a Grammy nominee, she has apparently overcome that. The couple of pictures that I've seen, I don't even think I've People heard. People are Gaga for Gaga. Her sing, but the couple of pictures that I've seen, she definitely is a high-level supporter of the Max Factor makeup company. She, she's a big-time makeup yeah. user? Uh, apparently so. I once uh, dated a girl, like, by the way, that used Max Factor lipstick, Max Factor eyeshadow, Max Factor rouge. You know who she looked like? Mimi from the Drew Carey show? No, she looked a little bit like Max Factor. <laughs> oh, God. Thank you very much. <laughs> Did you ever watch the Drew Carey show? Do you know who I mean? Did you yes. get that? Mimi, that, that, that. Uh, she looked like a clown. She a was slim like slim little... down Mimi would be Lady Gaga. Okay. Yeah. I was just hoping you got that reference. Yeah. I was a fan of the Drew Carey show back in the day. Very underrated, and uh, two supporting actors are part of his game show, too. Yeah. Right? Well, um... What's the, the game show called? Who, who well, he is, does The, the Price modern is Modern right. version of Who's My Line? No, it's a, yeah, Whose Line Is It Anyway? Yeah, yeah. That's pretty good. Right. Ryan Stiles and uh, mm-hmm. Colin Mockery and mm-hmm. Wayne Brady were in yeah. that show. That is actually a really funny show. Yep. And it's like, it's been moved to like the television graveyard, so now mm-hmm. it's on like ABC Family at 11 o'clock at night, mm-hmm. where they're like hoping that nobody's going to be watching. Mm-hmm. But it actually is a very funny show. Wayne Brady's an incredibly talented guy. Yep. So is Stiles. Yeah. He had his own show for a while, too, and yeah. that lasted about as long as Fergie's solo career did. And the guy, Mr. Wick from the Drew Carey show is Craig Ferguson, who's got the late night show on CBS. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't remember Mr. Wick. And Mr. Wick was the boss All at right. the office, and then Diedrich Botter ah. was also in that you show. And he and he was uh, Lawrence in Office Space. He was mm-hmm. in a bunch of different things. I mean, that show, for like being sort of like kind of a fringe television show, mm-hmm. had a lot of people do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. It was actually like, interesting. It's almost like the coaching tree. What college is it uh, that... Produce, like the Miami of Ohio coaching tree, where a lot of the assistant yeah. coaches go on to be head coaches. The Cradle coaches. of Coaches. The Drew Carey Show, the Cradle of uh, Future TV Stars. Uh, <laughs> uh, jumping off the sports page just a little bit, I wanted to throw that out that the Grammy nominations, I'm sure we will cover, will be the only sports show to cover in mass the Grammy Awards when they come out. I'm just hoping that Dave Matthews Band wins for their new album. 
I'm a big fan, huge fan. Mm-hmm. And their new album, which came out last year, Big Whiskey and the Grugrex King. Okay. Hoping that that What's wins. it called? Big Whiskey and the Grugrex King. It's a crazy name. Okay. I could explain this to you, I but don't... I'm sure our listeners don't care. Not particularly so, familiar with it? It's a very good album. I'll very good new album. It. And I hope it wins. Does Lady Gaga make an appearance? Uh, she does not. Not no. even a guest appearance. That's too bad. You want to talk some music? Jump off the sports page. We do that on occasion here with two guys at a mic. 888-463-6748. The phone number again. You can email us at Mike2Guys, M-I-C number two. Mike2Guys at AOL.com. We'll read some of the comments over the air, so feel free to email us at any point in time. And real quick, football Friday tomorrow. Hopefully, Jordan, even though you will not be here. By the way, Brady Stiff. The young stiff one will be in the house tomorrow. The stiffer will be in the house. Yeah, let me rephrase that. Brady Stiff will be our guest host tomorrow. <laughs> we don't want people getting the wrong idea of the show. For Football Friday, we'll play Beat the Schmoes. You are, even if you're not here, you are, are and always will be a tremendous schmo. Uh, any thoughts on Football Friday? Some great game. It is Packer Week here in Chicago. I will, you know what? I have to say, as a Bears fan, the Packers are favored by three at Soldier Field. That's easy money. And you gotta go Packers to cover mm-hmm. that. I think the Packers are gonna crush the Bears. So I would definitely take that. I'd have to look at the spreads for the other games. Um, which I don't have in front of me. Well, but let me, let me throw some match, I don't have the spreads out either, but let me throw some match outs at you, some good ones. Okay. And let us not remember now, we are in week 13? Right? 14 now. Week 14? Yeah. So we're coming down the stretch? Yeah. We are coming down the stretch. Playoff positioning, these games start to get critical. If it's a horse race now, the start, has come and gone. The jockeying for position has come and gone. They've hit that turn, and now they've gone around the turn, and it's time to head for the backstretch. Is that a accurate horse yes. racing analysis? Yes. So the games get really interesting. How about Cincinnati at Minnesota? I don't remember those two teams playing each other in recent memory. And a, a you know Cincinnati much better this year. I think that's a great matchup. All kind of little uh, stories in that game. Yeah, I mean, Brett Favre had his first sort of bad game, which hurt my fantasy team. Thank you mm-hmm. very much, Brett, for losing me my fantasy week. No, but I mean, uh, I, I, yeah, it's a great game. Cincinnati, it, it's they're sort of hard to figure out, Coach, because they, they they have a good record, but they played badly against bad teams. I mean, they barely beat Cleveland. Mm-hmm. They lost to Oakland. They didn't play very well against Detroit. I mean, I, I just... I mean, they had the most cupcake, easy schedule, and they didn't play that well. I feel like they're going to go into Minnesota and get buzzsawed. People have been saying that all season long. I've been saying since uh, week two or three, watching the Bengals play, and I don't think so. I think this team is, you know, to use the old cliche, for real. I think they're a pretty good ball club. I'm not saying that they aren't, but without Cedric Benson, they really didn't play well. Mm -hmm. Cedric Benson came back last week, and they didn't play great. They played better. I just don't don't like them against the Vikings. Mm -hmm. At home, after they just lost... With the way that Farvis played this year, with the way the Vikings have played at home, I mean they mostly, mostly crushed people at home. So I would say the Vikings would win that. Denver Broncos very good early in the season, and they had the three-game slump. Now they've rallied with a couple of wins. Are they back at it or not? We will find out. They're taking on Indianapolis, the Colt at Indianapolis, undefeated streak alive. Another interesting AFC matchup. Yeah, I but I, I like the Colts. I mean, I, I to me, you have to pick the Colts until they lose. And mm-hmm. because every time you think that the Colts are in a position where they're not good, they're going to lose. You know, they had a rough game. They've had a rough patch here or there where they've had to eke out victories. They showed some things against Tennessee. I mean, they beat up on Tennessee, which was the team that everybody was starting to fall in love with because they'd won five in a row after the 0 and 6 start. 
that indie team is just, I mean, obviously they're a great team. Peyton Manning is great. I, I just, I can't, I cannot pick against Indianapolis until they lose. Mm-hmm. Carolina and New England. You got San Diego and Dallas. Another, it's sort of like Cincinnati and Minnesota. I don't remember those two teams playing each other. It's an interesting matchup. The Chargers looking pretty good for the playoffs. Dallas Cowboys fighting for their playoff lives, right? Well, the Dallas Cowboys are probably getting into the playoffs, right? I mean, aren't they eight and four? But we got Philadelphia and Dallas at eight and four. The Giants at seven and five. So. Giants stink. I'm sorry. I know they won. Uh-huh. I don't buy the Giants one bit. I really don't. You know that five of their seven wins mm-hmm. came against teams that had not won a game previously. Right. I would. I, I would just disagree with you there. A little I don't bit buy too. the I think, Giants. I think Cincinnati and the Giants, both those teams, maybe haven't played their best football yet. But that's just me. Well, I mean, then you but you better start because, like you said, we're in the home stretch. Yep. We're on the back stretch. Well, you, you then, haven't played your best football yet. You better get going because at this point in the year, yeah. I, I I still think that the Bengals will make the playoffs because for whatever reason Pittsburgh's not very good and Baltimore mm-hmm. is not very good. So I feel like the Bengals will eat out yeah. a playoff spot. I don't buy the Giants. I've not been impressed with them at all this year. Philadelphia, by the way, taking on the Giants. Big AFC East matchup. Great week. Uh, great week 14 of NFL football. We'll talk about it in depth tomorrow. But uh, the Eagles at the Giants. Philadelphia certainly fighting for their playoff life. Yeah, I mean, I like I like the Eagles. I, I mm-hmm. you know what? I mean, a lot of Eagles fans. I'm friends with some Eagles fans who are crazy and they rip on Andy Reid. They rip on McNabb. They have all these problems with the team. I look at the Eagles as a team that's really fun to watch. I mean, they have so many weapons. I mean, I really think that they, you know, LaShawn McCoy is a really nice running back. Deshaun Jackson, I mean, you want to talk about a guy who is an exciting player. Deshaun Jackson could break off a 60-yard touchdown catch basically twice a game if he wanted to. I mean, you watch the plays that this guy makes, not only as a return man, but as a receiver, as a slot guy, as a, as a wideout guy. I mean, he's a really, he's a good player. And, and Macklin has really been a good receiver for them, the kid out of Missouri. Oof. They are, they're fun. I mean, I, I listen. The Eagles seem to never, in the last few years, play quite as well as they should, but I like them to win. So I'm getting a little preview of tomorrow's show. Guest host Jordan Birdfield beat the Schmoes, maybe picking Philadelphia on the road. I'm picking them on the road. Against the New York Giants. Yes, and picking them. You know, you mentioned the Pittsburgh Steelers. Four losses in a row. i got good friends living in Chicago that grew up in Pittsburgh. Huge Steelers fans. They're probably crushed. My uh, friend, my uh, son is very good friends with their two sons. And as much as I've tried to turn them into Bears fans, unfortunately, I'm not under shelter 24-7. So I've lost influence in those two kids. Are also Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Your I'm at kids a basket- are Steelers fans, huh? Your kids? No, 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 no. I'm oh, saying their my kids. Son, yeah, two okay. friends. I was like, because if you could possibly no. sit here and no, no, tell no. me that your oh, kids no, no. are not Chicago fans, no, no, no. Oh, okay. Uh, I was getting nervous. There, and we coach. were at a basketball game yesterday, and their grandparents from Pittsburgh. The grandparents from Pittsburgh were in town, sitting on the bench, and I'm kidding them a little bit about the, you know, the Steelers and their. You know, complaining about the four losses in a row, what happened to the Pittsburgh Steelers, and my comment is, hey, for you guys, it's been a rough four games. For us in Chicago here, it's been a rough 14 years. Yeah. They, right? So no yeah. sympathy for the Pittsburgh Steelers fans. They've had plenty of success. Right. I mean, the, the, the Steelers, I mean, six Super Bowls. They have the most Super Bowls yeah. of anyone. The Bears have won. And you know what? Can I make a, can I make a somewhat outlandish statement here? Tell That's me what we specialize here on the talkzone.com. Okay. You're allowed one outlandish statement per show. Then here's mine, okay? okay? Haven't we seen enough of the 85 Bears? Okay, let's, okay, hear me out on this. The Bears won the Super Bowl almost 25 years ago. Yep. And they're still all over the place. 
everywhere. Like, at some point, doesn't it wear off? I mean, I'm not saying that I don't love the 85 team, but I was four months old when the Bears won the Super Bowl. Okay, I'm going to be 25 next year. And the the Super Bowl Bears, I can name basically every one of that team. And I didn't watch them win. I, I mean, I was barely born when they won that Super Bowl. And it's like, I mean, listen, some of them are great media well, personalities. Paint a picture to the people outside the city of Chicago. Some of the names and, and why you say that here in the city of Chicago. Because they're everywhere. I mean, Tom Thayer, who does a great job. Is, color voice. Color Bears voice. Radio. The Bears radio. Steve Mongo McMichael is everywhere for all these, you know, Ra- random, radio, TV. Random things that he does. He coaches that Arena 2 yep. football team, whatever. Ditka is obviously everywhere. He's on ESPN. He does all the radio shows in Has Chicago. Has one of the best-selling restaurants in the fine great city restaurant. of Chicago. Yeah. If I you mean, visit Chicago, by the way, uh, stop by for a pork chop. Right. I mean... Obviously, we celebrate Walter Payton and his foundation, and, and that mm-hmm. that can always, in my opinion, I mean, it's a great mm-hmm. cause. He's a great player. He's always around. If you go out but to I any mean, Chicagoland golf courses and you see a barefoot guy who's inebriated and swearing a lot, likelihood is it's ex-bear quarterback Jim McMahon. Right. I mean, yeah, he's out there, and, you know, a lot of the times we'll get like uh, like a Keith Van Horn on the radio. Or You're forgetting uh, the Danimal, Dan Hampton. Who Dan does... Hampton does the TV and the yeah. radio stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the, the the Hall of Fame has been talked about lately with the Richard Dent, you know, whether he's going to make it. I mean, it's just like a Singletary, now a coach with the with the San Francisco 49ers. It's like mm-hmm. these 85 Bears are everywhere. And I'm not saying that it wasn't great when they won, and even though I wasn't, you know, barely alive to see it, yep. you know, I know that everybody loved it. It was a great year. But, like, at what point does that sort of melt away? Probably I, about eight years ago to answer that question. By the way, the 185 bear that we cannot find. The 85 bears are everywhere, but who is the 185 Super Bowl champion Chicago Bear, a starter? That nobody can find that we fear he may be lost. I don't know. Who would that be? Getting a quizzical look from David Olson, my producer. That's L.A. Mike Richardson, the defensive back. They've had a few reunions over the years, and nobody no one knows where he is, can really? find Mike Richardson. Many at this point fear the worst. Mm. He was a heck of a defensive back, too. Leslie Frazier. That's too bad. Who's going to be an NFL head coach right now, the defensive coordinator, coordinator for, for the, the Vikings. Vikings. Yep. He was a starter for the Bears, and in fact, his career ended on a horrible injury in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Another 85 Bear who's yep. in the, who's still going. Jeff yeah. Fisher, coach yep. of the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. I mean, it's like they, uh, listen, great team has had an enormous influence on the NFL and the, and the, and the sports media. But at what point do we as Chicago fans, it's almost like, we're so starving for a championship. We've been hanging on to this team for 25 years. And so what I ask now is if the Cubs ever win the World Series, and please, God, I hope they do. I mean, will that team have like a 50-year grace period? Like, are we going to be reciting the relief core of the of the can championship I, Cubs in like 2097? I'll give you a simple answer. If the Cubs win the World Series? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. How's that for an answer? I would say 50 to 75 year grace period. At least. Yeah. Like a fine wine. You can open the, uh, the cork and it will still smell very good. Yes. And you know what? If the Cubs ever win the World Series, it will be the greatest moment of my life. It will. Yeah. It will. Greatest sports moment. I mean, probably right now, greatest moment. All Until right. I get like married, I have kids, you know, uh, some kind of great job comes along. Mm-hmm. You know, those moments could potentially be higher, but I would almost put the Cubs winning the World Series yeah. right in line with any of those things. Yeah, he's Jordan Burnfield. You are not. we got to wrap up today's TalkZone.com show. 
We just did, in a very amazing thing in sports talk radio, we conducted a one-hour talk show and did not bring up Tiger Woods and did not bring up the Notre Dame coaching situation, Jordan. And I thought it was entertaining. Shocking development. Yes, and it was. Be- we were better off for it. Do we need any more of this Tiger Woods crap? Possibly not. Here's the here's the big question: How much? Which will be higher at the end of Tiger Woods' career? Number of mistresses that come out, or number of majors won? Stop it. Stick around. Coming up in about the four minutes, JB and the coach will be back at you for the Youth Sports Fan Forum. Stick around for that. Thanks for listening, David Olson, our producer. Phenomenal job. Have a great day, everybody. See you tomorrow at ten.